what's up welcome back to guitar blah blah the daily guitar podcast and i know i know i know i did miss you guys yesterday as well it was just a bit of a crazy one i don't usually ever miss days but there you go that's how it goes uh sometimes sometimes <laughs> that is life isn't it well i hope you've all been keeping well and if you've been following along to the guitar news one of the big things that's constantly getting into the guitar news, constantly getting updates for are all the various lawsuits and things that are going on. I think just because even when not much is happening in it, to, you know, I think like putting out a story about the the lawsuits and things between companies gets us all riled up and yelling at each other and that gets clicks and comments and whoever knows what else. That's probably what it is if I'm being cynical about it, but it is interesting to us as well. I've talked a bunch about these before. Um, I've gone on some different thoughts about these things um i talking about them from a bunch of different angles and today the news is about some small updates in the like gibson versus dean uh kind of lawsuit if you know anything about that um you know just as a quick recap for those of you who don't as well uh the gibson is suing um armadillo which is kind of the parent company of dean basically for making v-shaped and explorer shaped and stuff guitars which is a part of they they're they're kind of challenging a few companies and going after a few companies in these lawsuits or whatever um saying you know basically that the v-shape and the explorer shape are gibsons and no one should be building them and they're going after some companies that are, that are building guitars which they feel are too similar infringe on their intellectual property etc 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 um the stuff today wasn't really super exciting, nothing like really decisive. The stuff that came out like, well, not just today, I've seen the last few days was um, basically about uh, it looks like it's moving to court. Basically, it looks like it's moving closer to court. The various twos and fro's of stuff trying to get dismissed and make sure the stuff doesn't go to court and have the judge look at this and that instead. Um, basically, it's going to court is what it looks like at the moment. I don't want to dive into talking about my opinion on that or this or that or the other. Um, I've shared a bunch of thoughts. Uh you know, one thought that has been going around my head whenever these come up is I talked fairly recently in an episode about Paul Bigsby, which is someone someone I want to talk about a lot more. Um, and, you know, his early solid body guitars, the stuff from Earl Travis and stuff like that. And if you look at that guitar, um, which may well be the first <laughs> solid body electric that we know about and stuff um, properly done and everything. Um, yeah, is uh, basically it's got what you'll recognize as being a Fender Strat headstock and it's got a single cut roughly Les Paul body shape <laughs> together um, and it's from a long time before either of those guitars existed uh, but I also talked about in the episode how it was interesting that Paul Wigsby and Leo Fender and Les Paul were all, uh, apparently friends and they used to hang out and they were drinking buddies and they'd hang out at their houses and, and chat guitars and all that stuff and so you know uh, you know stolen taken this that the other or just became a part of the kind of milieu the world of guitar building at that time the kind of shared consciousness of all those builders um yeah you know very interesting but also raises the question of uh you know how generic were these things even from the start let alone 70 years later when everyone's been building these things for so long how generic are they that's one thought that i was thinking of expanding upon more here but i thought because i've already touched on that what might be a bit different is to throw out something that um try and throw out something on this that i don't really hear being talked about that much in the guitar community um a lot of the response is a lot of us saying whether we agree with it or not um talking about the kind of stuff i just talked about uh how generic guitars and things in general and our general thoughts or if we're talking about the specifics of the these different cases that come up a lot of it you know 
kind of devolves into us yelling at each other, <laughs> let's be honest, as opinionated guitar people um, and, and, and talking about whether we agree or not. And a lot of that comes down to like, yeah, I'm a big Gibson fan, so I fall on this side or, oh, I'm disliking how the company's acting at the moment. So I hope these smaller brands stand up to them or whatever it is. Um, and all those, you know, these opinions are valid. I'm not dismissing all those opinions. I'm not dismissing any of them. Um, but I thought there's not much point in me throwing anything out there because a lot of that's been said and I don't have any insight and well in anything but <laughs> but i don't have any insight in that to wade into it when a lot of it's already been said especially there's nothing really i can add to that but i wanted to just touch upon something briefly that i haven't really heard as an angle on this which is kind of looking at it more from outside of the guitar world um as much as i do guitar stuff all the time on axesandblades.com and on the axes and blades youtube channel and across social media on that and playing guitar and recording my own music and doing this daily podcast and doing some work with some guitar builders and doing some work in the guitar industry even though that sounds like that's all of my time and sometimes it kind of can be um i do a lot of work and have a lot of interests uh outside of guitar stuff and i'm interested in following things a lot out there and um there's interesting things about what's going on with gibson that i think relate to things more broadly and these things have been touched on definitely to some extent in some discussions but uh, i'm not saying this is all like totally original saying i just don't think this is brought up in the conversation that much so i want to highlight it again and it kind of comes for me from looking at stuff outside of the guitar industry um gibson have been reasonably litigious for a little while um but that seems to have been kicked into overdrive as most people are noticing with the after the restructuring and with um getting basically all new top tier management and everything coming in and having jc uh as the ceo president uh there at gibson in 2018 is when a lot of this really kicked off uh in terms of trying to protect their body shapes and 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 headstock shapes again and stuff like this some stuff which we've seen in the past here and there but really all going on at once kind of like a flurry it feels like of protections and different movements to do this and they had the kind of kind of disaster of the mark agnesi play authentic video where kind of people felt like they were threatening guitar builders and they deleted that and then all the gibson youtube stuff got deleted then it came back as gibson tv and a lot of that's more general that's part of the rebranding that the lot there's a lot that's going on with gibson which i've actually written a whole long series of articles about before and talked about a bunch not just on here um you know uh, um and i don't i don't need to like retread over all of that I'm going to keep more focused on this rather than go over Epson, everything that's going on at Gibson. Um, I can link to some of the articles. I'll link to some of the articles in the description of this podcast for the the stuff that I'm alluding to there. If you're into, re- if you're really geeky on this stuff, I wrote a series of very long articles about um, kind of around looking at new media and how Gibson, this was like in 2018 when all this, they were kind of restructuring what they could do going forward. And when everyone was kind of like hopeful for what, gibson could do in a new age and with new management and fresh face and bringing in mark agnesi what could they do um and some of it they've done and yeah some of it it looks like they've tried to do and they've messed up and i think looking back now a lot of that stuff although we yelled about it at the time and some of it looked really bad i think some of it is like missed misstepping it's like finding your way you know i think some of that to be fair i'm a bit more forgiving on now because i look at it and go at the time i was very like that is the opposite of what you should be doing you idiots i think it was watching a big company it's very easy as an individual sitting watching from the outside but 
from within a big company getting all those moving parts working dynamically and, and in in kind of cohesion and in sync with each other i think it was a company trying to trying to go in a direction that mm, kind of clicked actually with a lot of the, of the things i did say or at least some of them um you know i think there's a ton that they could still be doing way better but these things take time and there are some signs they're going in the right direction that's all i'll say on that for now leave a link to my articles from kind of 2018 so you can see my thoughts from that kind of time if you're interested they're long though and blabby and you've already listened to this so <laughs> you might want to give it a break but you know they've been very they've been very litigious basically and one thing that has been alluded to occasionally was the idea that um you know jc Curley, the new ceo and president of gibson has come from the fashion world and he came from levi's um and there's something very interesting about that that i'm going to get onto. but one of the basic things is that the fashion world there's a lot of this litigious stuff like way more than the guitar community, generally speaking. There's a lot of lawsuits in this and that and the other. Um, a lot of people pointed to the fact that uh, Levi's was very litigious and known as like a trademark bully by some people in the time that J.C. Curley was um, at the helm over there at Levi's. Um, you know, there was stuff like they were even going after companies for like, you know, on all jeans, like literally every jeans company um they have like the leather patch or the fake leather patch on the back which often has the brand name on it you know every single brand out there does that um you know levi's have have been known to go after company have to come to company for that and try to claim that that's this uh the little like blue tags which often again has the logo which all jeans do like attached to one of the pockets usually on the back like one of the back pockets is like a little fabric tag Levi's have gone after companies, you know, claiming that's a Levi's thing and that's infringing on a trademark. And when you look at the arguments, they sound a lot like the back and forth, not just what Levi's argued, the back and forth when the other jeans making companies disputed this. It does look a lot like, for example, the back and forth between Armadillo, uh, so Dean, and Gibson right now. Um, and when it was Gibson and Framers and stuff like that. Whereby the conversation would go, Levi's would claim, you know, they haven't just had a trademark on that since the very beginning of whenever they did a leather patch. And I don't think they have proof that they were the first to do it even. But they come up, this brand, and say more from the argument of like, hey, we did that first and so on and so on. But here's our main argument. And again, I, I, I'm not a lawyer or anything. I'm not an expert on this, but from the reporting, from looking from the outside, from our perspective as guitar people, the argument is with the, with the uh, leather patches on the jeans, for example, was you know, okay, yeah, we did first, blah blah blah. But here's a, here's kind of what feels like the main argument that's associated now in the common consciousness with Levi's. We have reason to believe that you putting that on your jeans is not just like copying us and copying a distinctly Levi's thing. You're kind of making it so you're tricking consumers into buying this almost like you're that would not be the legal language but you're kind of producing this and it's going to confuse consumers into confusing your product with ours and that's obviously a problem and those companies were responding though these things are super generic in what world could you possibly come up with a realistic even hypothetical situation where someone would look at our product and go because of that patch that's clearly a levi's when the purpose of the patch is to say 
our brand name. The patch is literally the thing that makes it clear it's not a Levi's. How, how could you possibly argue that? Um, you look at the Dean guitarist thing and it's basically like Gibson being like, you know, you're kind of trading off the, the Gibson heritage and good reputation um, by having this shape, which people will associate with Gibson and kind of the confused consumer kind of idea that they bring up is very similar. And again, Dean slash Armadillo's response is very similar to those previous jeans companies to say, in what possible world does someone go into a guitar shop and think like, wow, that's the new Gibson and they're looking at a Dean. Like... <laughs> <laughs> in what possible world is that they go into they someone sees like a v-shaped kiesel or framers and goes like the new gibsons look fantastic i have to say i have no idea why it says kiesel on it i don't know what that is i'm going to ignore that but it's a v so it's it's definitely a gibson there's no doubt about it i love it i'll pay whatever you want for it <laughs> i've always wanted a gibson especially the ones that say kiesel on them they're super rare i've got one of those gibsons that says dean on the headstock because that was his name wasn't it dean gibson uh, it's just like it does sound stupid from the i know i said i wouldn't give my opinion on it i get how that sounds dumb the point is there's no point in me pointing out this dumb because that's not their whole legal argument i'm zooming in on a point that looks very similar in the arguments in the back and forth between those situations this is the sort of thing which has caused people to draw parallels. The general fact that, like, he's coming from fashion and fashion's quite litigious in his way and quite viciously litigious and things. And then people have drawn parallels because there seem to be some specific things that happen there. People have also drawn the parallels because, um, you know, uh, some of the Levi stuff, again, another similarity with the guitar stuff is that people point out in response, you're late to the party you can't possibly think that you've got an argument to say that you've always had this and this isn't generic or generic. You're coming late to the party. If you'd have protected this shape, this trademark, whatever this thing is from day one of doing it, you might have had a case, but you did it. You didn't properly trademark or didn't properly protect the trademark or pursue protecting it. It became generic over the course of decades and now you're late to the party and you're just trying to kick up a fuss and you're basically trying to use your mic to scare people away. That's an argument that's happening with Gibson, for example, at the Flying V. I think none of us dispute that they did it first. Um, you know, no, none of us dispute that, like, Gibson as an associate, there's a Flying V has an absolute association with the, with Gibson, and there's those two things are conjoined because Gibson did it. They invented that guitar. But the, then they didn't protect it at the time, and it got genericized over decades. And even other companies got trademarks on their V body shapes and stuff, and Gibson didn't challenge them and then decades later they're suddenly going hey wait a minute um and kicking up a stink and you know uh, those other companies are arguing yeah they're kicking up a stink and they're trying to force us out of the market or well, they're trying to scare us away because they're a bigger company or whatever again not my opinion that that's the back and forth that's going on between these companies and other people have pointed out that that's similar to what goes on in the fashion world in general and what levi's did the reason i think it's a little bit unfair to pin that specifically on jc as if that says something about who he is or how he does business is one that's the fashion world in general and i think that an analogy is a bit smoother than saying this is how jc does business wherever he goes that's what i would say is is one i think that's a more fair point two you can go back and find articles from the 2000s which are talking about levi's uh filing more lawsuits than walt disney and nike and that's from before J.C. Curley was 
running Levi's. So that behavior and that reputation of Levi's to be incredibly litigious, even in the world of fashion, was also much higher when he wasn't there um, and was much more established already before he got there. Um, you know, stuff like, you know, trying to go after companies for using the leather patches and stuff that's very genericized. That had been going on since before he was there is is how it looks. So um, that's their reputation. So that those are two things that I think kind of discount the idea of that's how he does business specifically or us knowing that that's how, definitively that that's how he does business or being able to draw that with any kind of certainty. It might well be how he does business. That might be why he flourished in that world. And that might then be why we're seeing him come into the guitar world and do that. I don't know. Um, but I, I kind of doubt it from what we're looking at because of the reputation of Levi's earlier. And because of, like I said, that's generally how the fashion world does seem to work from an outside perspective, at least by reputation. But what could be more the case is that someone having worked in that world, even if they aren't a particularly litigious person or a fan of operating their business in a specifically litigious way, because they've worked in the fashion world, you could see how they could bring some understanding of that to the guitar world. So that's one thing. Whoever they are, not him specifically, anyone could do that. The other point is that maybe it's not just about fashion to guitar world. It's about the similarities between Levi's and Gibson in that one of the core components of both brands is heritage, is we're the OG or we're one of the OGs. We're older than all these other guys. We've been at it longer. And most of the stuff you see them do, whether we decide to sue them for it or not, that was us. We brought that into the market. We were the originators of that. And we still do it the best. That's a lot of what, you know, Levi's and, and stuff. There's been, you know, tests of Levi's jeans that show that supermarket jeans last longer and are more durable, apparently. Uh, there's been, you know, a bunch of stuff that shows the the fabric where, uh, like, the color stays on, other, you know, che- much cheaper jeans for longer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And there's been lots of other tests that shows Levi's does really well in that. But the idea is basically that, you know, if you buy Levi's, it's a brand thing, like we know in fashion. And we also have to accept that that is to some extent the case. We might see it as less superficial. We might see it as related more to our guitar heroes and emotions that beautifully inspire us rather than just like, I want to look cool with this brand label. We can justify and talk about it in, in lots of different ways. And it is different. I'm not just saying it's the exact same, but brand power is a big deal there. But it's not just that both companies kind of sometimes could be argued to rest a lot on brand power. Um, not necessarily rest on their laurels. Some would absolutely argue that are both companies, um, but Definitely brand power is an enormous draw for them, not just in how they operate, but in how we view them. You know, like I say, brand is important. We go like, you know, there's lots of people out there very openly will go like, yeah, yeah, it's great guitars from LTD, this, that and the other. But if I'm going to buy a single cut, like the reason I want it is because of this person, this person, this person. They all play Les Pauls. That's what I got in my head. It's got to have that name on the headstock. It's stupid, but I love the guitars anyway. So it's not like I'm buying something I don't like just for the brand, but oh, got to be a Gibson, you know. Uh, people become fans, people wear t-shirts to say Gibson. We all do stuff like that, right, to some extent. Good to analyze it, good to be aware of it, but we don't necessarily just start trashing each other immediately um, because we realize this. But also it's specifically about heritage, and both of them rest a lot on that heritage. 
This is what I find interesting. A lot of what I've mentioned there has been talked about, not as much as I think it should be in the discussions of this in guitar world in terms of Gibson's lawsuits. However, it has been somewhat discussed. What I think is interesting is answers to the question of why Gibson are doing it. Um, you can get very conspiratorial and you could suggest that this, that, and the other. You could, or you could get very cynical. So you get conspiratorial and say, all publicity is good publicity. That's why they're doing it. They needed to keep in the news in all these other ways after the restructuring and stuff and trying to rebuild their company and who they are. And they wanted to put this as part of it alongside the more positive efforts like bringing in marketing easy and trying to do these things um, for various reasons related to publicity and public image. You could, you know, get really conspiratorial and go further down that route. You could get way more cynical and go, they're just realizing that they're slipping out of the market and losing relevance. So they're trying to stamp out competition, do this, that, and the other. Okay. These are all the kind of arguments which I said at the start of the podcast I'm not going to get into. It's not about they're, they're bad or I don't like them or anything like that. I just think there's a lot of discussion on those things everywhere else. I just want to throw out another option that I thought when thinking about why would Levi's do that, be even more litigious, at least by reputation, than other companies. And in such interestingly weird ways, even for the fashion world. And then why is a similar, sometimes analogous thing happening at Gibson? Why did Levi's do it and why did Gibson do it? And could there be some answer that covers both? You know, if you say that Gibson was slipping out of, in their specific situation, we're kind of slipping out of relevance, having a lot of bad press, they needed to stamp out competition. If you take this, that cynical route, which which I'm not saying I agree with or disagree with, I'm just saying if you take that, you know, that doesn't necessarily really apply to Levi's. They weren't having the same issues as Gibson were. Maybe there's a thing that explains both of them or explains why there's a connection between them at least. And I was wondering if it was this. You've got this brand and one of the main parts of it is heritage. And you do need to protect that, which lends itself to a litigious thing in general. But then you start to have so many lawsuits and things that some of them become kind of silly sounding to us. Again, legally, I do not know. I can't comment on them. Some of them have been thrown out from Gibson. Some of these things from Levi's never went anywhere. So clearly some judges thought that they were kind of bs sounding as well. Again, not legal terminology, but I don't know. Maybe they were pretty decent cases. I don't know legally. However, to the normal person, to the person in the market, to us sitting reading about it, some of these things, whether you agree with them or not, sound reasonable, like, hey, that's our headstock shape, someone's copying or whatever. And some of them sound really weird and BS, like, you know, the some of the stuff in the European court was for these really generic body shapes. Like, I think it was like even the ES body, like ES3, three five kind of body shape and it was just like you know and it was just this outline drawing without any detail on it and i believe that was one of the ones that got thrown out from the european court and i'm not just saying for me a lot of people even you know gibson fans were like i agree with them suing these guys for basically copying their guitars but that's just a generic body shape and they know fender lost trying to do that why would they do it and same with like the leather patches in Levi's, right they know that that's so generic and stuff and this that the other but regardless of what happens in the courts they know that we all think that sounds just ridiculous. And then, you know, a lot of these things, like I say, do get thrown out on losing court. The people who run these companies are really smart. I don't understand this stuff. I'm not from this world. And frankly, I'm not super interested in a lot of the workings of the legal and business system of these things. But I will say that I do not believe that they do stuff fri stupidly, frivolously, and that they know they're going to just lose on. I would say when they sit down with a big team of super, super smart lawyers and super, super smart business people and CEOs, they probably have a good idea of what they're doing. 
So whilst it makes sense on the very basic level, protecting your heritage, protecting trademarks, et cetera, et cetera, protecting this, to go and do some lawsuits, to throw out so many, even the publicity argument, even the really conspiratorial publicity argument starts to sound bad. All publicity is good publicity. Like I say, there's a lot of Gibson fans looking at some of this, even if they're not hating it, going, I don't get this. So I wonder if the point of it is slightly more evolved than just all publicity is good publicity. I'm wondering if the point of it is so that we re-indoctrinate ourselves on the heritage of the brand. What do I mean by that? I mean this. This is my idea. Regardless of what side you're on, even if you go on to say the nastiest things about Gibson, if you take one of these lawsuits, such as the Flying V one, let's say, I'll just give you the most extreme example. I am a massive Dean fan and a massive Gibson hater, hypothetically. Let's say that was the case. And I look at that. I'm going to go into these comment sections. And I'm going to go and talk to these people. And I'm just going to think in my own head about this case. And I'm going to go on and probably say the nastiest things about Gibson. But I'm still, at the start of that conversation, we are all, with all our different opinions, at the start of that conversation, going to go, yeah, yeah, Gibson made the flying V back in whatever, and they invented it, blah, blah, blah. But think about it. Just pause there for a second. It doesn't matter what that person, whether it's you or someone on the other side, says after that. But it doesn't matter. You've started the conversation with everyone reminding ourselves and one another without Gibson doing the marketing, without Gibson telling us, Gibson invented that guitar. Even if you go on to say, Gibson invented that guitar, but it's a complete BS lawsuit and they're complete idiots for doing it. I hate the way they're being so litigious and Dean have every right. And I hope Dean crushes them in court, blah, 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 blah. Even with that, at the start of the conversation, we've started it by telling one another without the help of a Gibson rep, Remember, Gibson invented this. Remember, this is Gibson. Remember, this is associated to Gibson. In the heritage, in the history, associated to Gibson. If, even if I think legally or in the context of the current day, they're being ridiculous or horrible or whatever, we're still just reminding one another over and over and over and over again. Every single time this is in the news, every single time I'm bringing it up, every single time you're reading about it, I read about it today and that's why I'm talking about it. We're constantly going, yeah, of course they invented that. Yeah, of course that's their headstock. Yeah, of course we associate that with them. Yeah, of course the, the open book headstock. Of course that's Gibson. Oh, ES-335. Oh, it's so generous. I mean, of course, that's, that's Gibson. Gibson were really the guys that did it and they perfected the shape. But, you know, ridiculous now because it's so generic and Fender can't protect their shape. So why could Gibson? But we've still done that. With Levi's too. Maybe they don't ever think we're actually going to be able to protect the leather patch on the back of jeans. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. I don't know, but this is just my idea. Maybe they think it's probably not going to work. Maybe there's some benefits. Hey, maybe roll of the dice, it could work. And then we got we got our protections on that. Cool. Maybe it does scare some people off and we thin out the market a bit, you know, or like scare some people off, pay some settlements. I don't know, could work. But even if all of that just doesn't work at all and everyone's mad and doesn't, we get all these articles written about us, our Levi's is the trademark bully. In every one of those articles and every discussion about that article and every opinion, every tweet, every thought in people's heads about it, they're still reminding themselves that that is something that associates with our brand and that we have some heritage claim on. Whether they think that it's completely inadmissible in a court of law today, whether they think that it's a completely stupid argument to make today, doesn't matter. They've still kept, even without our adverts telling one another, leather patches, that's Levi's. Other companies get it from Levi's. And they've told you, even if they then go on to disagree with the point, they're reminding each other that that's 
what the point of the leather patch is. That's the association of the leather patches is the heritage one with Levi's. Other brands do it now and yeah, it's generic. But even if they think that, they're reminding themselves that the OG is us. What did I just say a minute ago is one of the core values of those brands, that they are the OGs, that they've been doing it longer than everyone else, and that they therefore do it better than everyone else. That's one of the main reasons they're able to convince you to buy buy into them today. I'm wondering if, to some extent, that's part of the point. Is the benefit to Gibson, again, there could be all these other benefits, take it case by case. There could be ones where they genuinely think we need to protect that. They could be coming in and going, how have we not been protecting these things? We've got to try and protect these things. There could be all of that as well. I'm not being cynical and and conspiratorial and just saying it's just this thing and they have this nasty edit. No, 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 no. could be all these things. There's probably a lot of things that they're going to go into this route. It probably means they've had a discussion about all of these different angles and there's all of these different things that they feel are important for the for them and the business and all these things. But I'm wondering if the pure constant nature of it and the way it just keeps coming and coming and some of them seem sillier than others and some of them just get thrown out straight away, it seems, and some of them are just kind of piled on top of one another. I'm wondering if the reasoning behind that overall as a strategy in Levi's and in Gibson is so that we just remind ourselves of the core value of the brand without them having had to. We re-indoctrinate ourselves to the value of the heritage of the brand. Without a Gibson advert telling us how many years they've been in business, we're reading all these articles about it. they've been in business since then. They do have the leather batches appearing on their jeans since then. They've been in business since then. They've been they invented the flying V here and here and here. We're, and even without reading the articles, when we go off and have our discussions, we're constantly reasserting the things that Gibson would want us to reassert, even when we disagree with them, even when we outright hate them we still reassert gibson invented this this is associated with gibson gibson have been doing this since 1950 whatever 1960 whatever 1940 whatever appeared on some of the gibson girls back in 1930 whatever we're reasserting the heritage value and power of the brand throughout this whole process without them having to do it. And that's one of the most important things for Gibson, as it is for Levi's. Maybe that's part of the idea. I don't know. Just a thought for you guys. Uh, I'm not phrasing it as a rhetorical question. It's a general question. I know that the way I say it, I sound like some kind of shock, jock, radio DJ thing. Like, how can I get away with, without getting sued, with insinuating this terrible thing about this person? I know. I'll phrase it as a question. I uh, don't think it quite works like that, as some of them find out when they get sued. But um, I'm genuinely actually phrasing it as a question. I'm not just saying that to like, cover my ass. Um, I have no idea. I've mentioned several times this podcast already. I'm an idiot. I'm not an expert. I'm not just not an expert. I'm not even like a unqualified smart person. I'm just an idiot. Um, uh, you know, my proof for that is always the existence of this podcast. It's it's self-evidential. I do a daily guitar podcast. I haven't generated a different form of value in this society. Clearly, something's gone wrong with me. But, um, you know, it, it's 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 still, I think, just from the perspective here, worth asking that question because it occurred to me from looking at all this, looking at the fashion side of it, and like I say, looking from an outside perspective with an interest in other things and reading other things that associate to it from outside guitar world, especially. I wonder if this is. I wonder if this is the idea. Um, I think there's always these guys do 
they weigh the win and the losses. They don't go into these things frivolously and they don't go into these things stupidly. These are all super smart people that know what they're doing. I don't mean that in like an evil cabal kind of way. Um, they just, I think that they will be knowing that they can get a lot out of this. And I think there could be all sorts of things for that. And I don't have any reason to doubt that a big part of it is they want to protect what they see as their intellectual property and all that. But I wonder if overall seeing the, the rapid nature of this, like with Levi's as with Gibson, if part of it is that they get this benefit out of it, if we're constantly reasserting the heritage value of Gibson basically on a daily basis at this point, across forums, across podcasts, across Facebook, wherever. Interesting. Anyway, that's my thought today. I'll leave it with you. It's more just a question to launch off on. Please disagree with me completely. It's just to get the mind thinking about these things differently rather than just like... People are suing people because, you know, we're all kind of slightly sick of that as guitar players anyway, I think. Um, anyway, so what I want to leave you with is something way more freaking fun uh, than a bunch of lawsuits and business talk. Uh, cool music to go and listen to. I want you to go and listen to uh, another Terramellos track. I've suggested Terramellos on here before. And Reinhardt, crazy guitar work. I want you to go and listen to Last Smile for Geron. Freaking amazing, Last Smile for Geron. Oh, love it. Amazing guitar work, back and forth, cool time signatures, cool stuff. Great. Love it. Weird, out there, very cool. Listen to that. Don't listen to lawsuits and all this stuff. <laughs> I guess we should pay attention to what's going on in guitar world. But still, remember to listen to music and play a bunch of guitar. That's what it's all about. Get inspired. Be creative. That's the good stuff. And, of course, take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. As always, I will catch you again tomorrow.